0: In John chapter 19, I'm going to pick it up at halfway through verse 16. So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. In uh, the Synoptic Gospels, remember, uh, in all three of them, they got uh, Simon of to, Cyrene to take the cross for Jesus after a certain point. So uh, just keep that in mind. That is not in John. That's one of the differences. Also in Luke, there's this several verse sermon that he preaches to the women of Jerusalem on his way to Golgotha. All four Gospels identify the place of the skull as Golgotha. There they crucified him with, and with him two others, one on either side with Jesus between them. Again, that is in accordance with the other three Gospels. Um, It is only Luke that identifies one of the uh, two that are crucified with him as uh, uh, not deriding him. Matthew identifies one of the two uh, crucified with Jesus as deriding, both of them as deriding him. So does Mark. Uh, John does not. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It reads, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. To some degree, all Four Gospels contain this nameplate, although the specificity of what is written on it is not as great as it is in John. And only in John do you have the delineation of the multiple languages. Many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write, the king of the Jews, but this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Don't bother me. I've already got it written down. It's etched in wood. We're not going to rewrite it. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier. And they took his tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see who will get it. This was to fulfill what the scripture says. They divided my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. And this is what the soldiers did. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own home. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, He said, in order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit the crucifixion and death of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Now, if memory serves me correctly, that's rather abbreviated and somewhat different in in, in several aspects to the synoptic accounts. Now there's more to read and we will read more on tonight here in John. But let's go back and read the parallels to be found in Mark, Matthew, and Luke. So turn to Mark, chapter 15, verse 22. Mark fifteen twenty two. <clears throat> this is just after the mention of Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, being compelled to carry the cross. Then they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of a skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it and they crucified him and divided his clothes among them, casting lots to decide what each would take." Interesting. Very, very, very similar to what we just read in John, except that in John, it was only the tunic that had been woven from the top that they cast lots on. Here, it seems to be all of it. Uh, Specificity is is interesting here, or lack of it, as the case may be. It was 9 o'clock in the morning. Huh. It was 9 o'clock in the morning. Somebody have a different rendering there? Third, third, hour. third hour. Third hour. What is the third hour?
1: Nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yes! That's the third hour since sun up.
0: The, 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 the reckoning of time is the third hour since sun up. Well, that's interesting. It was 9 o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. Uh, 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 not according to John. If you go back and look at John, John chapter 19, verse 13. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the stone's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon, the sixth hour. Or noon, 12 o'clock. John's Gospel puts the actual event of the crucifixion later, after 12 noon. The synoptic Gospels place it at 9 o'clock in the morning. Isn't that interesting?
1: As far as we know, there's not a historic time that... It was a usual, I mean, like yeah. in the old West they were them at Hang them at noon,
0: noon. Yeah. high noon. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a question as to whether or not the, the, the tradition of, of executing people at high noon stems from John's dating of this to, yeah. to noon. Uh, that's a possibility in Western culture, it really is, which is first the chicken or the egg. In this case, this is the chicken and the egg is our practice. Yeah. Uh, but the synoptics conflict with that in that the actual crucifixion starts at 9 o'clock in the morning. He doesn't die until the afternoon, same as John. In John, the time on the cross is less, much less than in the synoptics.
2: It looks like it was way afternoon because he, the sixth hour was when Pilate was there and finally getting the... Um, the sixth you
0: know, hour is noon. It's and then from here, it's not much at all to get to the cross from verse 14 and 15 here mm-hmm. it's way with him crucify him and he hands him over to be crucified and they go straight to Golgotha
2: yeah but he, uh, he can't even carry his own cross
0: right but no, not in john john doesn't say that in john he carries his own cross you're getting that confused yeah, with right. okay
2: so he's carrying his own cross he went out to the place of the skull uh-huh. it's immediate think, so you think that would take how long for somebody well, that wasn't well dead, when we so when we death.
0: walked it in mm-hmm. Jerusalem, Susan, it took about 45 minutes, but mm-hmm. that was heavy traffic, and there probably would have been. Mm-hmm. So we walked the same distance, and it took a good 45 minutes to walk it. And you weren't all
2: beat up and almost dead from getting 41 or whatever. No,
0: we Beats weren't beaten up. You. So give him an hour to, or even less, but not much. I would say 45 minutes to an hour to get to Golgotha, and so he's being crucified at 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm.
2: Actually, I well, let's correct that.
0: You took a head. <laughs> well yeah. I was I was limping pretty I heavily. I, pretty that bad. is true. I was limping pretty heavily. But, but we walked it in forty five minutes. The distance so from you to pilots headquarters took all good. No, he was in the
2: lead all
0: the time. I was in the back. I was I was well no, I wasn't. I was about midpoint because Leah was in the back and our guide was in the front. I was at midpoint. So Okay. Um so the simple fact is, all the synoptics date the time of the crucifixion, 9 a.m. And,
1: and it kind of makes sense because it's explained in John 18, verse
2: 28. It was what you had talked about yep. before, mm-hmm. that it was Passover. And they mm-hmm. wanted to be able to eat Passover, so they started yep. early.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the they meeting. took Jesus to the Caiaphas uh, the Pilate's head, uh, to Pilate's headquarters the praetorium it was early in the morning then for the beginning of these interviews it was early by the time he's being sentenced it's noon in John's gospel the synoptics they're already out there on Golgotha driving the nails at
1: nine. does this uh, timing in John have anything to do with the slaughtering of plants yes it has everything to do with the slaughtering of <laughs> about it, it about has it. everything, everything.
0: Well, they started the slaughter at noon because they had to to do them. There's a whole lot of them to do, and they would do them between 12 noon and 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon because they did a whole lot of lambs at the temple. And so that was, um, uh, yeah, it's exactly to coordinate it, which, of course, you know, raises the question. Has it been shifted in time for theological reasons? and is the synoptic account more accurate as of right now i don't think we can say both both the synoptics and john do place the death of jesus in the afternoon with him being crucified at nine in the morning and lasting until the afternoon Mm -hmm. and john he's crucified at noon or you know maybe one o'clock and he's died in just a few hours all right so, so that, either case, his death occurs at almost the exact same time in both, gods, both sets, in the synoptics and in John. It's just how long does he spend on the cross. Let's go back and continue in Mark. It was 9 o'clock in the morning, verse 25 of Mark chapter 15. It was 9 o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge against him read of the king of the Jews. And with him they crucified two bandits. One on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by derided him. Now, just right now, up to now, other than the timing, uh, we have a a high degree of fidelity between John and the synoptics. Mark, particularly. Now, those who passed by derided him and shaking their heads and saying, Ah! You who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests, along with the scribes, were also mocking him among themselves and saying, he saved others, he cannot save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross now so that we may see and believe. And those who were crucified with him also taunted him.
2: Those is in plural.
0: Plural, meaning both. Uh
2: huh. Interesting that they admitted
0: that he did. He made the people. Yeah. That from the dead. Yeah, sure. Yeah, if he, but he did it for others. He can't do it for himself. Hmm. That's interesting. When it was noon, when it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. At 3 o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabathani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That wasn't in John. The darkness wasn't in John. The deriding wasn't in John. This, this wasn't in John either. The Eloi, Eloi, lama sabathani wasn't in John. No, it was not. When some of the bystanders heard it, they said, Listen, he is calling for Elijah. And someone ran. Filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a stick, and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come and take him down. Well, now, part of that happened in John yes. the sour wine with the sponge and the hyssop stick. Hmm. Then Jesus gave a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. No curtain in John's Gospel. Is there a curtain in any of the other... Oh, it's all three. All, all three, three of the synoptics synopsis. have the curtain. And the curtain is not some whims of the little, little, little thin little thingy. It's a great big thick drapery. Torn from top to bottom. Now when the centurion who stood facing them who was named John Wayne saw yeah. that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly pilgrim. this was this he man was pilgrim. God's son, pilgrim. Yeah. Uh, that comes straight out of the I think it's is it the greatest story ever told or one of one of it's one of the um, one of the, the Jesus movies. Okay. That's the death of Jesus there. Now I want to keep going for just a minute because of what we've already read in John. Now we finally get to find out a little bit of it from the synoptics. There were also women looking on from a distance. From a distance, not right there, from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene. Okay, now that's one who was also present in John's Gospel. And Mary, the mother of James, uh, the younger, and of Joseph and Salome. Now there's some question as to whether Mary the mother of James is in fact also Mary the wife of Cleopas and there's a lot of reason to suspect that that actually may be the case. So some of the characters here are the same but there's no John mentioned, no, no beloved disciple. There's no conversation between Jesus and the beloved disciple and his mother. And on top of that, his mother isn't mentioned. Yeah, that's weird. Just Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James the younger and of Joseph and Salome. These used to follow him and provide for him when he was in Galilee. And there were many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem. And that's where we're gonna stop in Mark. So, some incredible similarities and parallels and some incredible differences. Omissions from John of what you have in Mark, omissions in Mark of what you have in John. The problem is is that most of our iconography and movies blend them all together in such a law machining that it's almost impossible to separate them out. That's why we're doing it this way. Let's go to Matthew. Now, the yes. verse
1: 42 says it's the day of preparation. Mm-hmm. Is, is that common? T- or <laughs> uh, yeah, and we have that the, was kind of unique. And we, we have the day
0: of preparation mentioned over here in John 19:14. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover now is the day of preparation that is the day before the Passover before the Sabbath so, yeah, no, no, Sabbath, Sabbath, yeah. excuse me Sabbath, 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 Sabbath why did I say Passover, yeah, Sabbath he, in thinking Mark that? it's Passover you were yeah. thinking Easter in Sunday. John it's Passover in Mark it's Sabbath mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting. Now, now remember there is a Sabbath after Passover, there's always a Sabbath after the Passover, yeah. regardless of what day of the week it falls on it's a high Sabbath, a special Sabbath a high convocation day is what it's sometimes called. That's what it's referencing. No matter how, how you understand it, that's what it's referencing. So, are they
1: on the
0: same day or different days? Are we talking
1: about the same. That's day the problem. John care.
0: is trying. As remember, it's tried to adjust it so that Jesus is dying before they eat the Passover, essentially, because he is dying well, as, a, right, as the get, Lamb. They've eaten the Passover.
1: Uh uh-huh, And in Mark, in, in Mark, Jesus and Matthew and
0: Luke, they've already eaten it because they ate it the night before. So you've got this temporality problem, and part of that temporality problem is still found echoing in John. You have an echo of the original timing of the event right here with that statement. didn't get shifted over like it should have been. should have said, and it was the day before. Exactly. <laughs> okay, now let's go to Matthew chapter 27, verse 33. Matthew 27, verse 33. Again, we're going to pick it up right after Simon of of, uh, Cyrene is drafted to carry Jesus' cross. And actually, what he was drafted to carry was the cross bar. Verse 33 and following. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means a place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall, but he, but when he tasted it, he would not drink it. Okay, that's interesting. And when they had crucified him, they divided his clothes among themselves by casting lots. Then they sat down there and kept watch over him. No talk about a single tunic. Just They cast lots for all of his clothing. It's much more general, just like Mark. Whereas John has that higher uh, specificity. Over his head they put the charge against him which said, This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. A little closer to what we have in John. Not identical yet, not Jesus of Nazareth, but still closer than Mark's. Then two bandits were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by, that, that agrees also with John. Those who passed by derided him. This is not in John. Those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, "You who would destroy the temple and build it in 3 days, save yourself if you are the son of God, come down from the cross." In the same way, the chief priests also, among along with the scribes and the elders, were mocking him, saying, "He saved others, he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel, let him come down from the cross now and we will believe in him." I kind of doubt it. I'd be running away screaming at your heads off if that were to happen. He trusts in God. Let God deliver Excuse me. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he wants to. For he said I am God's son. The bandits who were crucified with him also taunted him in the same way. I
2: find it fascinating that they put you know God this uses rescue of course but now if he wants him Yes. That's, they kind of give themselves a way out yeah, they there? do, they give, they
0: give themselves a way out they definitely do um, why do you think the two bandits would be deriding Jesus I mean here they are, they're dying next to him well, nothing else to do <laughs> <laughs> except they're dying well,
1: you know. they're trying to curry favor with the crowd there you go,
0: I suspect that maybe they were currying favor with the crowd thinking that if we deride Jesus maybe they'll let us live they'll bring us down because they're not dead yet
2: or at least put them out of their misery. Even.
0: Well, I didn't let them have it in John, but well, we don't have to throw stones at them. Yeah, the that's true. While they're dying. From noon on, now now it's noon on again. That's from noon on. That's right. Darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. About three o'clock, Jesus cried with a loud voice, "Eli, Eli, lama sabathani," which is, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" When some of the bystanders heard it, they said, "This man is calling for Elijah." So, I mean, this is, you know, pulling straight out of Mark with very little adjustment. At once, one of them ran and got a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a stick and gave it to him to drink. But others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. Then Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and breathed his last. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. From top to bottom now that's pretty much identical to Mark the following is not the earth shook and the rocks were split the tombs also were opened and many bodies of the Saints who had fallen asleep were raised after his resurrection they came out of the tombs so they're kind of lighting around in the tombs (laughs) three days (laughs) And they come out like brains, brains. No no, 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 not zombies. Although that's, I, I just can't break the funny middle image there. <laughs> yeah, brains. Three days now. Yeah, but they've been waiting around in the tombs there for three days, and then they come out after his resurrection. They came out of the tombs and entered the holy city and appeared to many who ran away screaming, hollering. <laughs> I don't know. That just kills me. That's hilarious. Sorry, it's funny. Kevin, all the movies we've seen about zombies coming out of the ground and walking around trying to eat brains. I'm sorry, that's funny. And it's not in John he's about to
1: say. That's my point. It's not in
0: John, it's not in Mark, it's not in Luke, it's unique to Matthew.
2: And he hasn't even mentioned the resurrection
0: yet, that's the whole thing. No, we're not there yet. Well, it's he we're does not, mention there. the resurrection there. Yeah, he mentions it, you yeah. Know. But Chris, not. you know about the resurrection, remember, you're not, this is not, oh, golly, I wonder what's, gonna what's gonna <laughs> not, going to happen next. It's more like on. I wonder why it hasn't happened. <laughs> now when the centurion and those with him who were keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, They were terrified and said, truly this man was God's son. It's like Matthew decided they need something more to convince them that this is God's son and his death than Mark had given. So Matthew tosses in this extra show to make it more impressive. Many women were also there looking on from a distance. Again, unlike John, they're not right up there at the foot of the cross where Jesus can chat with them while he's dying. Uh, no, he, they're far off watching. And they followed Jesus from Galilee and provided for him. Among them were Mary Magdalene. I mean, she's the star of the show. <laughs> she was in John, she was in Mark, She's in Matthew. And Mary, the mother of James and Joseph and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. So we've got, we've got a, an interesting collection of women. The Marys seem to always be out in force. <laughs> and... <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Okay. Common name. Questions before we go to Luke? Matthew's a pretty straightforward uh, adaption of Mark yeah. uh, with some adjustments. Uh, Luke 23, verse 33 and following. Verse 33 and following. Again? Actually, we pick it up quite a bit after Simon the Cyrene. Simon the Cyrene is mentioned in verse 26, carrying Jesus' cross. And Then you have his sermon to the daughters of Jerusalem, uh, this apocalyptic expectation message mm-hmm. that he preaches on his way to the cross. Notice verse 32. Two others also who were, cruci- uh, who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. Well, they, they get into the story a little earlier in Luke than they did in, in Matthew and Mark or in John. When they came to the place that is called the skull, Luke does not call it Golgotha. He just gives the translation. That's interesting. John gives the Golgotha and the translation. Mark and Matthew give Golgotha and the translation. Luke, writing to Gentiles, they don't care. many of whom don't give a hoot, he didn't bother giving the name Golgotha. He just says the, the, the skull, the place of the skull. When they had come to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right hand, one on his right, and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching. By the way, that statement, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing, is unique to Luke. It's not found in Matthew. We didn't read it in Matthew. It's not found in Mark. It's not found in John. It also has some problems in its textual attestation. But We talked about that last year. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him. Notice here it's the leaders, not the people. The leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers, the soldiers, the soldiers, okay, also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine. Well, that's interesting. That's different from, all, from John, Mark, and Matthew. It's, it's not somebody. It's the soldiers. And they just offer him the sour wine, saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, this is the king of the Jews. Hmm. Well,
2: that part's All of,
0: yeah, there's similarities, differences. The, 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 there's a great continuity within the synoptics here, both in their similarities with each other and their differences with John. And now we pick up one major difference that's unique to Luke, just like his sermon to the daughters of Jerusalem is unique to Luke. Verse thirty nine. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we have deserved for what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Totally unique to Luke, not found in John, not found in Mark, not found in Matthew.
2: Well, the Father forgive them is totally unique too. It's also totally unique, yes.
0: Are criminals the same as bandits? Well, a bandit is a criminal. But, it, but not all criminals are bandits. I'm sure. Okay,
2: so <laughs> is the band, are these guys, leaders of the revolution, too, or the evil people? The interpretation
0: caught? here is that they are, that they are leaders of a revolution. Probably part of Barabbas's bunch, possibly. Yeah, crucifixion
1: was generally a political punishment.
0: It's done for people to see, so they'd be warned not to do what these people did. You didn't, you know, you didn't just crucify people for. Any, any old crime although the Romans frequently did that they did it especially to make a political statement it was now about noon notice the time factoring again it was now about noon so all of this has happened before noon it is now about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon while the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two notice this happens before Jesus dies that happens in Luke before Jesus dies. In, right. in Mark and Matthew, it happens at, at, the, at his death. Okay. Yeah, in Luke, true. it happens before. Mm-hmm. Then, 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 verse 46, then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Well, that's interesting. That's not what we have, the others. Is it? No. I don't remember yeah. that.
2: Maybe there was that loud statement he made in the other one.
0: Having said this, he breathed his last. Okay, now he's dead. When the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God and said, certainly this man was innocent. Little different than in Mark and Matthew. Not just the Son of God, but innocent. And when all the crowds who had gathered there for this spectacle saw what had taken place, they returned home beating their breasts. But all his acquaintances, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Notice, Luke does not name the women. Mark, Matthew, and John name the women. Mm -hmm. Luke does not. John knows Luke, and yet he doesn't follow Luke's lead here. He somehow knows the names of the women. And adds the conversation with the women that the synoptics don't have. So in John, you have a conversation with with the the beloved disciple whom the the synoptics don't name as being there and with Jesus' mother whom the synoptics don't name as being there and there's Mary Magdalene and the other Mary whom the synoptics name as being there. John has a conversation with them from the cross. The sour wine is constant throughout all of them. The... uh, the, the inscription is constant throughout all of them. The timing is, after we get to the noontime on, tends to be consistent amongst all of them. That's fascinating. In, in the synoptics, you have him being derided on the cross. You don't have that in John. The, the casting lots for the clothing is consistent with all of them, although John gives greater specificity as to what parts of the clothing are cast, they cast lots for. In, in Matthew, have an earthquake, and all. In, in all the synoptics, it gets dark. You don't find that in John. Hmm. Fascinating. Similarities, when they're there, they're there. When they're not, ugh, they're not. And when their differences are clear, they are very there. Very, very clear. They're very there.
1: Well, and then you've got the difference in Jesus' behavior. I mean, he, oh, yeah. he seems to be in some distress in Matthew and Mark. By the time he gets to Luke, he's preaching and dispensing yeah. forgiveness. And by the time um, he so gets to John, he's right.
0: he got practically no problem. You know, yeah. In Matthew and Mark, he is a uh, sacrifice. He is led to the slaughter. He is he is uh, uh, not not out of control, but he's just not. He's just, it, this is happening to him. He cries out, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's essentially quoting one of the Psalms there, Psalm 22. Then, in Luke, suddenly he's more in control. Father, forgive them, they do not know what they're doing. Into thy hands I commend my spirit. And you'll be with me in my right yeah. hand. Yeah, and there, this, this, the suffering is longer. Because it takes longer on the cross, but in John you have a, a little less degree of overt control, but a much shorter, much quicker event. Let's go back to John. Go ahead, and bite your bite your apple. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you get me wet? Give her, give her a
2: knife. <laughs>
0: no. I don't think he's in, let's look at that. You don't think he's in control? Well,
1: he's in control, definitely. I don't he's in think he's in, of everything.
0: out of control. He's just a little less overt in his speaking. I mean, he speaks to his mother and to, but he's not. You know, he doesn't forgive people, and he doesn't. He doesn't. You know, he, he's a little less not vocal. Con-
2: not commending. He says. Oh, he says. Oh. He
0: actually. It is
1: finished. It's yeah, like, it like, is well, finished well, here. It's over with, knowing God, that
0: everything God. has now been accomplished. He's definitely in control. It's just a, a little less overt or over it in different ways than in Luke.
1: Now, how about this? This uh, specifically mentioning Mary. Was there a connection between John and Mary, or was was there? Was, yeah,
0: there was a connection in in church. In, in, the question is, does the church tradition in early church history or the connection between John and Mary stem from this, or does Secondary. that connection Secondary. produce Secondary. this? Secondary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. John, which, which John's it? gospel was written in the 90s. The tradition's about a close connection between John and Mary we find out about from um, people like Polycarp and Ignatius of Antioch. and um, uh, Justin Martyr and those fellows come at this time and later, so so in in, in fact it's probably this account connects them, the right. and it, and and there's reason to suspect that may be actually connected there. There is um, Roman Catholic doctrine is is that Mary was assumed into heaven; she didn't die, but um, there are in fact two graves for Mary the mother of Jesus in the world. One is found in Jerusalem in the Kidron Valley uh, across the street that cuts across the Kidron Valley just at the foot of the hill going up to the Lion's Gate uh, across the street from St. Stephen's Church where Mm St. Stephen was martyred. Uh, There's a tomb to Mary there and then there's a tomb to Mary of Mary in north of Ephesus in Asia Minor, modern day Turkey. That actually has the stronger claim, by the way, than the one in Jerusalem. It's older, the site is much older. There's probably some Mary, Miriam buried, a very important Miriam buried at the one that is now claimed for Mary, the mother of Jesus, by the Orthodox there in Jerusalem. But uh, the one in in Asia Minor has a greater historical connection and would be the same area where John lived. So you get the connections there. Okay, picking back up in chapter nineteen. Um, let's go ahead and uh, yeah, let's go ahead and read the death again. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, I mean he's omniscient, remember? He said, "In order to fulfill the scripture, I am thirsty." A jar full of remember this was not he didn't ask for that in the others. It just yeah. was offered. In fact, you it was offered in touched. Luke as an act of part of part of the act of their derision. Here it's, I'm thirsty. And a jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Interesting question is, to, it is finished is universally connected with the fact that everything is done and now it's time for him to die. Well interesting little interpretation was made by a scholar several decades ago that it actually was saying the wine is bad <laughs> 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 <It's> just, uh... <laughs> the wine is turned to vinegar it's bad no longer any good your wine is bad it's finished it's, it's over with you can't <laughs> Inter- interesting observation that he said that and then it gets interpreted as it the whole thing the whole shebang over. is finished uh <laughs> interesting question I, I i think it's funny i don't accept it but uh, that's, it? A, that's a monty python that's a monty python yeah. that yeah. a monty oh monty that was monty. bad yeah. wine oh he said it was finished <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's over. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's, exactly. it's all over.
0: It's got nice finish. Smooth execution.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh.
0: Okay. Um, when Jesus had received the wine, he says, it is finished. You'll never read that again the same way, friends. Mm. It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Notice. He bowed his head and gave up his spirit. In Luke, Father... I commend to you my spirit. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Now, let's move forward in John. Since it was the day of preparation, the Jews did not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath, especially because that Sabbath was a day of great solemnity. So they asked Pilate to have the legs of the crucified men broken and the bodies removed. What would happen when they broke the legs? They'd die. Yeah, because they'd immediately start suffocating. Instead of holding themselves up, mm-hmm. just so they continue to breathe, you break their legs, they can't hold themselves up anymore, they immediately start to suffocate, drown in their own fluids in their lungs, which is how you die on the cross, drowning from the inside out. Ooh, it's horrible. But you die quicker if you couldn't hold yourself up. Much quicker, like within a few minutes, you'd be dead. So, after hanging on the cross for a while, that's especially true. So, they asked Pilate to have the legs of the crucified men broken and the bodies removed. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. None of that is in the Synoptics. Of course, we haven't read it yet, but you'll see. But when he, they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once blood and water came out. He, notice, mine puts this in parentheses. It's an aside. It's well attested to, textually speaking, so it's not textually questionable. It's an aside statement. He who saw this has testified so that you also may believe. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth. What in the world is he saying? What's he saying here? Instead, verse 34, Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once blood and water came out. He who saw this has testified so that you also may believe. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth.
2: He's either trying to tell us that he saw it, which Uh is questionable, Um, or is it somebody
0: very reliable that he knows saw? Um, It's... This is... It reads almost like a remark of the editor yeah, awesome. about the source, the Johannine source for this whole event. I.e., he was there, he saw this. Who's he? But more importantly, well, it would be John, but more importantly, what he saw happen is true. Not that his witness is generally true, but that Jesus is actually dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was controversial. Yes, it was extremely controversial, as we will see over in Matthew, critically controversial. And as we know from a little bit later in history, especially from references in the Mishnah, uh, there was the claim not only that the that the disciples stole the body of Jesus after his death to you know explain a resurrection. There were there was people who claimed that Jesus didn't really die; he was faking it. So they would take him down off the cross. They didn't break his legs; because he was dead. And so you know. The fact that they jabbed him in the side and get the flowing of blood and water together, proving that he's dead already, uh, f- is the proof that he is dead, not faking it on the cross. How is that? Give us the physiology there, while both together? Because they, when they pierced it through into the lung, when they pierced him in his side, mm-hmm. it pierced him through into the lung. And then you would get the consumption, the, the blood and the fluid, liquid water buildup in the lungs of the consumption, which is how you die when you are crucified, by consumption. It's the worst infestemic you could ever have. <laughs> you think about you're it. That drowning. Your own yeah, truth. you're drowning, exactly. And that's what flowed out, the combination of the blood. So that's what they're talking about. And the water from the lungs. And it proves he's dead because the lungs are filled up. He couldn't be alive.
1: It sounds like there was a, you know, some kind of controversy about all this when somebody pointed out that most people who are crucified have their legs broken because that was kind of the last thing to make, make sure, sure you know they uh, make the, sure they're dead. But th- that was not a desirable uh, thing mm-hmm. to have happen to Jesus. Prophecy said they weren't going to do no, that. No, the bones wouldn't be broken right? as we'll see in just a
0: moment. Yeah, they, so they, so, they, so they came up with a different.
1: Proof. Proof.
0: Well, that's interesting. Also, they were on the cross for such a short period of time in John's Gospel. Yeah. They had to explain that he really was dead. I mean, the others they just killed more quickly. The the two criminals on either side of Jesus got it easy, frankly. They died very fast. They were on the cross for a very short period of time with Jesus there in John's Gospel. Their legs were broken and they died pretty quickly. They were gone. Whereas Jesus was already dead. How did he die so fast? Well, I mean, the question of the scourging and how bad that was and the bad shape that he was in to begin with when they put him on the cross uh, lends its weight to that. But of course there's the more important question from John's perspective that was that everything was done. It's finished, literally. Not that the wine is finished, that he is finished. It's time now to die. Instead of being killed against his will, he gives up his spirit
2: still in command. He's still in
0: command or control. Yeah. Says different things, but he's still in charge. And this is essentially a side statement here, probably by the uh, editor who's saying, look, uh, this comes from a fellow who was there, who saw it happen, who knows that Jesus was dead, dead, dead. And this is how we know it. He was stabbed in the side. Uh, tradition names the soldier who did this Longinus." and uh who became a christian in later life and is usually connected with the identity of the one who said "Surely to this man was the son of god and of course the spear well, there's a lot of legends about the but well, we won't go into that okay um verse 36 these things occurred so that the scripture might be fulfilled none of his bones shall be broken and again Another passage of scripture says they will look on him, on the one whom they have pierced. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, all of that is essentially unique to John. The piercing in the side, the breaking of the legs—you find it in none of the other gospels. That's
2: that doesn't make sense to me. That's not in any of the gospels. That, that legs so are important. Wrong. If it was so important, and it was, you know, like the was is it Isaiah or wherever where they talk about the piercing? And well, yeah, the interpret.
0: Well, the yeah. he, John is pulling this interpretation from the Isaiah passage. Yeah. Well, why didn't
2: the other ones?
0: It wasn't, that? it wasn't as important to the Petrine tradition that we have in Mark yeah. than in Matthew, Luke.
1: Yeah.
0: For whatever so, reason. So none of his
1: bones shall be broken. That's in
0: Isaiah. Well, you might check Zechariah twelve ten. Of course, this is in the fulfillment of the Passover because when you eat the Passover lamb, the Passover lamb is eaten whole. It's not. It, it's it's not don't eat the bones. Yeah, you don't eat the bones, but you have the whole body. Oh, and this man just mentioned something really interesting. Think about yes. this: the spear
2: didn't break any bones. Uh-uh.
0: Think about that. Went between the the, the, ribs the ribs or up underneath the ribs. Well, from underneath, yeah. you know, it'd go up, uh, up this way, it would work. And he wasn't fat like me, so he and, wouldn't have any unless trouble unless he had
2: low or low ribs like me, and then you to go through my ribs. Yeah.
1: Anyway, okay. Help me. I can't find Zechariah. <laughs> <laughs> Towards the end
0: of the Old Testament. Where is
1: it? Where, where? I usually recite those things in my head. But...
0: It's um, not coming up. It's tour It's after Haggai, but just before Malachi. It's the second to the last book in the Old Testament.
2: And what chapter? We, we
1: don't know. know. We don't what was that. your your site? You had a citation? Zechariah
0: twelve ten.
1: The spirit and the the house David? And it so when they look on the
0: one whom they pierced. Pierced. That's a, 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 a Zechariah
1: reference. Well, it's it things Isaiah too. Ah, I think. I think it John's may also, trying to slip one through on us. It may also. <laughs> so it may speak. also
0: be. A, well, there is a reference in um, in in Isaiah in one of the servant songs as well. As but uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, Exodus twelve forty six. Um, it shall be eaten in one house you shall not take any of the animal outside the house you shall not break any of its bones Mm -hmm. that's That's the exodus in reference to the lamb the Passover lamb remember the connection that's critically important in John's gospel between Jesus and the Passover lamb of course all of that's theologically driven let's finish out the story and then we'll read the parallels in Matthew, Mark, and Luke that'll save a little time after these, uh, verse 38, after these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had at first come to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about Now, mine says 100 pounds. Your NIV will say 75. Mm
2: -hmm. Hmm. In other
0: words, it's a lot of spices. Yeah. All right. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices in linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now, there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so because it was the Jewish day of preparation... And the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. All right, let's take a look at the parallel in Mark. Excuse me, folks. You're gonna be leaving now? Oh, it's 10 o'clock. All right. You made it to huh? I'm having a hard
1: time imagining how you wrap somebody up with a hundred pounds of you
0: know, spices.
1: Stuff, you know, <laughs> stuff. That's act, be. act event to to it like accelerate. It is, it's but it's, it's clear, the
0: opposite right? of it. The spices are there to act as an accelerant mm-hmm. to bacteria to desiccate the body, so that in one year you come back, the bones are there. You take the bones out, you put them in an ossuary, you write the guy's name on the outside of the ossuary, you put them on a shelf. That's what they did. The burial was temporary.
2: But speaking to his point, it took more than a couple people with the 7,500 pounds. I would assume that we do it by we can ass- yeah.
0: I would assume that it's safe to assume that given the nature of who Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea are, and they servants. didn't do it themselves. Yeah, exactly. They had servants. And they had servants. And you don't actually, you put the body in there with the cloth ready, and then you put the spices on it, and then you finish the wrap process. I mean, I would imagine that's how it would be done. So okay Mark um, we're going to pick it up now in Mark chapter 15. So let's back up Jesus asked. The
2: temple temples torn
0: 3840
2: you get to the burial or
0: what? Yeah, we're getting now we're we're going to pick it up on the cross. There's still okay. a little bit left to go. Verse 42 mm-hmm. When the evening had come And since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate wondered if he were already dead. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he had been dead for some time. When he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the body to Joseph. No breaking of legs, none of that. Interesting. Now that's interesting. It's not the high priest and all who are saying, break the legs, get the bodies down. It's Joseph of Arimathea coming and saying, Jesus is Give dead, can we have him? Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: But he, when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the body to Joseph. What was Joseph's standing to be able to ask for the body? Usually, uh, in most cases, a criminal or an insurgent who would be put to death by the Romans, hmm. uh, families couldn't access the body. The body would be left on the cross to quite literally desiccate there.
2: He's a high member of the council, said said. So yes,
0: Joseph of Arimathea is a member of the Sanhedrin. He's a position of authority and power. He may also be a family member, and so there's a tradition that he is Jesus' uncle or great uncle. He was Mary's uncle, and so as a result, he had standing both political and familial to request the body. And he's dying, so... Be well, he's old. Be he's disrespectful old.
2: disrespectful not to give it
0: to him. He's old, so of course he's, he's quote-unquote dying. Um, uh, verse 16 then Joseph uh, bought a linen cloth and taking down the body wrapped it in the linen cloth and laid it in a tomb that had been hewn out of the rock he then rolled a stone against the door of the tomb Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where the body was laid no spices no Nicodemus
2: hmm.
0: Okay, Why did he have to
2: buy the linen?
0: He bought a linen cloth to, to wrap Jesus up in.
2: You'd think he'd have something hanging around with a the tomb there, knowing that he was going to be using well, it. Well, maybe
0: he some. wasn't quite ready yet. It's a new tomb. and, we, and it does not, Mark does not say that it's his tomb. You're assuming. Mark doesn't identify around. it as his tomb. It's a new tomb. Hewn by hand but it's not identified as his, although obviously he has the right to use it. So it must be his family and it must be his. But that's an assumption that we're making that then gets fleshed out for us by Matthew. All right, let's look at Matthew. Matthew, it'll still be 27. Verse 57, when it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. Notice uh, Matthew agrees with John on that. Of course, they all agree, all three agree with John that Joseph of Arimathea does this. That's universally accepted. It's part of the most ancient tradition about this. Um, Matthew agrees with John that that Joseph of Arimathea wasn't just expecting the end and was a holy man. uh, He's a disciple of Jesus, a secret one, but nevertheless a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him, no question as to whether or not the body was dead. Uh, Matthew decided to leave that out from Mark. So Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth. No question about buying it. He solved the problem that you had exactly. by just dumping it. So Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and laid it in his own new tomb. In his own new tomb. He solves two problems. Yeah, it's his tomb. It's his new tomb. Of course, that's why right. he's got the linen. Which he had hewn in the rock. Now, I'm sure he didn't do it himself with a pair of tweezers, he had staff to do that. It's
2: like the stone.
0: Yeah. He then rolled, he, he, yeah, his staff, mm-hmm. then rolled a great stone to, to, to the door of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and Mary and the other Mary were there sitting opposite the tomb.
2: So they didn't put any of the desiccant on it. Nope, well,
0: there's no spices put on it at all. Hmm. Let's keep reading because now we have something that's unique to Matthew. The next day, that is the day after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that what that impostor said while he was still alive. After three days I will rise again. Therefore, command the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise his disciples may go and steal him away and tell the people he has been raised from the dead. And the last deception would be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers, go, make it as secure as you can. So they went with the guard and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone. So here you have that little reference to what the Jews, the Jewish leadership was claiming about Jesus later, that the disciples had come and stolen the body. That's why they couldn't trot out a dead body to prove that Jesus was really dead. because there's no body there. He's been raised. And so they claimed that he had been stolen. Then the alternative claim when that one fails is, well, he really wasn't dead. All right, all right. All right, go to Luke 23. I I would've
2: expected all that embellishment from Luke, not from Matthew. Luke 23.
0: Verse 50, Luke 23, verse 50. Now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph who though a member of the council had, notice it doesn't, just a second, okay, yeah. Now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph who though a member of the council had not agreed to their plan and action. He came from the town, from the Jewish town of Arimathea, and he was waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God. He's not directly identified as a disciple of Jesus, unlike Matthew and John. He follows more Mark's rendering here. And yet, it's obvious that he's uh, not in favor of the death, and death of Jesus.
1: He was a sympathizer. Yes,
0: exactly. Uh, possibly a family member. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in a linen cloth and laid it in a rock-hewn tomb where no one had ever been laid, i.e. knew. It was the day of preparation and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and they saw the tomb and how his body was laid Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. And on the Sabbath day, they rested according to the commandment. So Luke has the purchasing of the spices to be placed on the body later, which is by the way, in agreement with what we know from Mark and Matthew, which we'll read next, not tonight. But John is the only one that has spices being placed on the body uh, at the time of burial and it's Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus who do it not just Joseph of Arimathea so while, while all four agree about Joseph of Arimathea and the basic story is, is the same for all four gospels John adds Nicodemus John adds the spices Matthew tells us it is Joseph, Joseph's tomb Mark does not and quite frankly, neither does Luke. But we assume that it's the case, That's and it again. makes sense. Otherwise, how, how you could have accessed it? But it's but it's Matthew that specifically tells us tells us that it's his.
2: Uh, if this Sabbath about to begin, and they get kind of light at night. Sure, it is.
0: The sun is setting.
2: Is that what's happening in the other ones that we
0: hear it being that light? It's happening in it's happening in all of them. Okay, the Sabbath is coming. So. Anyway, uh, that's, that gets him down off the cross and now into the tomb.
1: You have been listening to a Bible study by Dr. Gregory Neal. Senior Pastor of St. Stephen United Methodist Church and Rector of Grace Incarnate Ministries. Copyright 2011 by Dr. Gregory S. Neal. All rights reserved. For more information or to listen to other seminars, Bible studies, or sermons by Dr. Gregory Neal, visit us on the web at www.revneal.org. That's www.revneal.org. You are also invited to visit us in person at St. Stephen United Methodist Church 2520 Oates Drive, Mesquite, Texas, 75150. This program was produced by Dr. Greg Neal.